0: Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guests are Linda Martella-Whitsett and Alicia Whitsett. We're going to be talking about the book that they co-authored, This Life is Yours, Discover Your Power, Claim Your Wholeness, and Heal Your Life. Heal your life and discover how everything can be right, even when circumstances are all wrong. This is a book about healing your whole self, a book about becoming conscious and discovering the eternal and unbreakable you. The authors take readers on a journey of discovery, a journey in which each reader will discover tools for their wholeness and personal power. Filled with anecdotes and offering practical exercises, the authors show the ways in which we can heal and grow. It is a book that shows readers, regardless of circumstances, how to live light-filled, powerful, and joyous lives. Uh, Linda uh, served Unity of San San Antonio as a senior minister for 14 years before becoming vice president of Unity Prayer Ministry, providing global prayer support 24-7.
1: Linda has a B.A. in
0: leadership from Bellevue University, and lives in Kansas City, Missouri. You can find out more about her by visiting the website www.ur-divine.com. That's a letter U and a letter R-divine.com. Lisa Witzet is a first-time author and lifelong student of Unity teachings. She has the ABA from the University of Texas of um, the. Permian Basin. <laughs> so I'd like to welcome both Elisa and Linda to the show. Good day. Thanks for joining me today.
2: Oh,
1: it's just Thank a joy to be, oh, so to be with you and with your listeners.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's, I'm, I'm lo- I love the the practicality of your book and the, the wonderful issues it touches on. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that with our listeners. Um, I'd like to start with, um, you know, whenever I have co-authors, it's, I always find it interesting the dynamic of co-authorship, you know. So if you wouldn't mind, I'd like for each of you, we'll start with Linda, you know, what inspired you to write the book and um, why do it with Alicia?
2: Mm-hmm. Good question. Well, I am a third-time author, and uh, my publisher had been pressing me for quite a while to consider writing a third book. Uh, you know, as a, as a minister and being in a ministry that's all about healing, you know, through prayer, uh, it, it was such a hot topic for me. Because I write in order to inquire deeper, right? I write for myself. I write to grow and to be able to pull apart what I think I know and to dive deeper. So the topic of healing was really it for me. And, and one day I was sitting with Alicia, who is my daughter. I was describing to her many of the things that were popping up for me, themes that I might utilize in this book, right, just the the, the gut, the, the sh- Sort of a shell of some organization of thought. And I watched Alicia's face and I saw her body language. She was sitting on the edge of her seat, you know, just waiting for me to stop talking, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so, Alicia, don't laugh from here. (laughs) Uh,
0: Wow. And and Alicia, From your point of view, yeah. Lisa, when when you, when your mom kind of <laughs> laid out that that uh, footprint for you, um, did uh, you know? Did you really want to jump in and become a co-author with her?
1: That wasn't even on the table in my mind when we were talking about it. I was just so excited for the message that she was going to be bringing to everyone, and I think my. My natural enthusiasm and and curiosity led me to just have a lot of ideas and a lot of insight apparently that I wanted to share with her and she just turned to me and said, "Do you want to write this book with me and it, honestly i I hadn't considered that i I didn't think she was i didn't think she was making it up, but I didn't necessarily believe that I could write this book with her so um wow, it it was life-changing for for me to hear her ask me that and then for me to be willing and say, yes, I want to do this.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's it's wonderful to be able to have uh, such an, entry way into writing you know with someone who's, who's experienced at it someone you have obviously deep connections with and you're very passionate about the subject so that really kind of adds up to to make it the ideal way for, to to bring you into authorship so um <laughs> now your your book addresses the idea of understanding healing um so can, and and we'll we'll start with Linda. Um, do you, what do you feel is maybe um, misunderstood about healing? What what is it that you wanted to bring clarity to about the idea mm-hmm. of healing?
2: Yes. Well, we 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 really lead with this idea that there's well, that in in a sense we have been given a message that I think is sort of backwards, we've been given the message that healing is something that happens to us. And our premise is, and really our experience is, is that healing is not something that happens to us. It is something we bring about by a change in our thought process, a change in our understanding, you could say a change in consciousness. Uh, it's not a destination, it's not a journey, it's not a final endpoint. It's not something that we have to strive for. That healing is actually a very natural phenomenon. You know, we see it in our bodies. We see our bodies begin to heal the minute that it has had some kind of an injury, right? You cut your cut your finger and immediately if you could put your finger under a microscope you would see the blood cells that coagulate there and begin to already start a repair process I mean it's just so natural and so uh, that, that's, that's the, the crux of it for us. Alicia is there something else you might say about it?
1: That, I mean that's pretty much pretty much it. Those are the, the core ideas. I would say also just the, the changing, just how powerful your mind can be uh, in this process and kind of taking back taking back that power that uh, people, again, have been conditioned almost in a way to give that power away to God or some outer source. And really having that connection with self and with divine self is what is a powerful message uh, that brings about healing.
2: Yes, yeah. and it, so really, it, it, in a sense, what we're saying, what we're saying right. is, I'm healing sorry. is really an awakening to a greater truth about ourselves. That's really it. Yes. To the fact that we are actually whole.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's you know, um, I I do believe people. Um, Give away that power, or or look externally for that to happen, and and I love the example of you know our what you gave about you know having a, an injury to the body and, and the body you know immediately. It's not like you have to you consciously say okay, red blood cells go there and coagulate. You know, go ahead and start mm-hmm. the healing process. It's just an automatic process that that happens, and um and I, I it seems that. People um, seem to be always searching for healing, rather than recognizing wow. that it's it's right there.
2: Yes, yeah. yes. Well, we're told to seek outside. We're told to you know that our doctor has the answer, or our minister has the answer, or God has the answer if we just turn to God. But that's pretty tricky because. You know we haven't really, if we haven't learned to really trust the inner inner wisdom system, then uh you know it's hard to trust our own uh enlightened thinking, right so uh that but this is something this book will really help people who are seeking that to begin to turn their mind toward that and be able to see their power in a very a very uh uh pragmatic way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I understand that. Now, one of the um, chapters in your book talks about questioning, the value of questioning. Um, so can you talk a little bit, and we'll start with Alicia this time, uh, when it comes to understanding, quote, who we are or, you know, uh, what do you feel are the the right questions to ask? So you can you talk a little bit about questioning, you know, and, and then just – the idea of questioning who we are, in, and uh, how do we even begin to really see who we are?
1: Sure. So it, it can be overwhelming at first, just as you said, to to start paying attention and start questioning all of the things. When you've been given a particular message that something is missing, wrong, or broken about you, you, you don't know what questions to ask initially. So I'll speak from my personal experience when I was diagnosed with lupus and then the the years that followed that of going through traditional medicine and then holistic medicine and then just being like, well, I don't want to do any of this. Let me just figure it out for myself. The questions I had to start asking was, what do I believe? What do I feel is best for me? Uh, Because it's great to have that advice from everyone, but when there were things that were being prescribed to me that my body was not happy with, I had to be very clear with myself that this is not something that I want to choose anymore, right? So I think that the questioning, and, and, Mom, you might be able to elaborate on this, but the questioning has to start with, with self, right it has to be what do I want what am I longing for what what would be different for me if I didn't continue to live with this limited thinking that this condition is is all there is to me
2: Mhm. hmm mm-hmm. yes you know you that that we, we really look at that in the book in terms of helping the reader to be able to understand what, what the source of their power is and where they can, how they can begin to discover that power for themselves and, and utilize it. But when we talk also about questioning, there's a big question that comes naturally when we're experiencing an unwanted condition. And that question is a universal question, why? Why? Mm -hmm. why Mm -hmm. is this happening to me (laughs) and so the second chapter in our book really deals with the fact that for most of us the answers to that question come from a sense of insufficiency the the culture has taught us that we are broken (laughs) right and that comes from a religiosity in our culture and the way we've been told not to think too much about ourselves right that it's it's, um, it's pride to, to think that we are powerful. And so when we ask that question, well, why is this happening, it brings up all the unconscious sort of um, conditioned thoughts and beliefs about what we can and cannot have, what we are and what we are not. And uh, we question those in this book, and we invite the reader to question everything we think we know about why things happen.
0: Yeah, that is the, it seems like the the first question that pops into people's head is, you know, why me? You know, what what did I do Mm -hmm. or, you know, what didn't I do, you know, to deserve this kind of thing. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's really looked at as uh, uh, something that happened externally, you know, to us. That there was something that um, was, you know, beyond our control, um, that just... um, you know, it, it does bring up that idea, like you said, of, of insufficiency or, or, you know, the idea of, you know, not being good enough. But one of the things that I liked, um, speaking of um, the idea of, you know, why um, or, or the idea of um, um, understanding who we are, is in the end of the book you have, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but at the end of the book you have three stories. And one of the stories is of mm. Gary, who who had MS, and um, you know it seems to me that his story really hits at the idea of you know not only why but also of what now. Um, so can you tell us tell us a little bit about Gary um, and, and his story and, and how kind of that. Um, supports the idea of, of the questioning.
2: Well, Gary, yes, Gary is a friend who uh, was diagnosed with MS in the middle of a very full and vibrant life. He had young children. He had a family life. He had really work that was inspiring and uh, rewarding to him. And, uh, you know, over time, he described several year process in which uh, more and more and more loss was taking place as, uh, as he had more symptoms that made it difficult for him to concentrate and be able to do his work and, you know, be able to, to uh, carry on, to be able to fulfill his job. Uh, and then, you know, to leave that job and go on disability as a fairly young man, I mean, there was just all sorts of loss and fear of of physical decline as well understandably right uh and so he was beset by questions about healing you know he was asking himself and he was he was a member of my congregation uh was asking you know what is the nature of healing and how can i possibly heal in the face of a condition that even my doctors have said is going to ravage my life I mean, that's, that's a pretty good question, isn't it? How could healing be possible when this disease is a fact that I have to deal with daily for the rest of my life, right? It's not, it's not like I can stick my head in the sand and pretend it's not happening. You know, when the, when the word incurable is spoken, you know, how, how, can I, how can I have any hope and how can healing really happen? right? He had just a host of those kinds of questions. And of course, a lot of rage and a lot of, of just pure rage at the fact that this was yeah. happening. Um, you know, and, and at the same time, he was studying, you know, studying spiritual principles. He was learning about the more ineffable aspects of his nature. You know what I mean? He was, he was beginning to glimpse even in his, his prayer and meditation life, his you know, his studies, he was beginning to glimpse the fact that there was a more enduring aspect to him that wasn't sickness. It wasn't wrapped up in sickness, you know, and that his life was bigger than this one thing. You know, he had children that he needed to be very present with every day, and he began to see that when I focus on, my, on what's right here and now that I can do, that my life is about, broader sense of the mindfulness of life, that I feel better. I feel better. It's not like the condition's totally gone, but I I realize I'm not stuck with just this thing. And healing begins to happen when, and he describes it when he starts to to really get it that he is more than a set of of uh, of uh, medical conditions. Right, that his his life is so much more grand than that, and when he starts to attend to that life, he experiences the sense of his wholeness, right, the wholeness of life, rather than this one thing that he was thinking broke him.
0: Yeah. You know, and and the struggle that he went through as it progressed with work, you know, and, and the changing ability to uh to work in various conditions, you know, that that has really hit a lot of people this past year. I mean, when when everything went into turmoil and people who focused their lives or their sense of being around their work that was shattered and and I think that that really kind of threw a lot of people into that that questioning mode as to who I am and maybe prompted some you know a lot more reflection than people had anticipated that they were going to have to do
2: yes for sure yes. And he's certainly not alone but to come to that recognition that there he he writes he writes or he he told us in his story that he had to really start to to look at the fact that there is no external power that's really just causing this condition. In other words, no, there's no punishing God. There's no, there's none of that kind of thing. And that really removes a whole element of uh, of the struggle that so many people have, wouldn't you say, Alicia?
1: Yeah, I I think so. I mean, especially especially going back to COVID, I was just going to say that through that experience for so many people myself included it, it's been a time of that reflection like you said but a time of change where you're so uncomfortable in your present condition that you can no longer stay in that spot you have no choice but to evolve and move forward and so that that is the healing I know so many people who have changed careers this past year who have, left their their childhood homes and moved uh, you know moved somewhere new just starting over starting fresh and that comes from awakening to your inner desires awakening to the fact that you can be more than your present situation
0: yeah exactly you know and you know the also the idea of um healing you know when I, the idea of gary's condition and that healing didn't necessarily mean the physical aspect you know that again if it's a, it's a terminal illness something that is going to progress or a progressive kind of illness you know there's, there's certain things you can do to minimize you know some of the effects and the kind of thing but but there is going to be a natural progression of of the illness um so you know when we think healing we think you know Fix the illness, um, but but it's so much more than that, isn't
1: it? It sure is, and you know when when we talk about an actual illness, we're we're not talking about a cure. Healing and curing are not synonymous, so we're not talking about curing the condition, not not curing the physical, but what heals. What Gary has healed is his mind. His his power of his mind, how he thinks of himself while navigating with these conditions, right? So, so somehow you're able to separate yourself from the physical conditions and see yourself as whole throughout them. And I think that that's that's what's different about this book. That's the message that is is going to be one of those aha moments for some people. Is how how have you been viewing yourself? How have you been limiting yourself? And what's possible? What's possible through this?
0: Yeah. Yes, I and agree. I, I love but, I love
2: that she says that. And, and and you know that's the that's really it, is that we our our message is very different from others. We're not promising some magical cure. We're not saying there's six steps and if you follow all these steps you're gonna have this magical cure. Well, not because really, as the, as the stories in the back of the book show, people do have real hardships, and yet you can be whole in the middle of them. I mean, people die. One of the, the writers in here, Sue, writes about her beloved dying from cancer, and the the beautiful uh, way that she that she that they both navigated that time consciously and understood. You know, came to see their life as something greater than even this physicality. I mean, this is—we're all going to be dealing with these things at some point, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one of the the lines from Gary's story that that really stuck out to me, that kind of made an impression on me, was the idea of uh, the comment of peace is working with my life rather than against it. And you know to mm. me, it was you know the idea of peace is a um, a natural result of it to me it seems that peace is a natural result of the healing process um and you know i i think quite often we have a tendency to try to fight um and resist things that um
1: that we don't like
0: you know are parts of life that that are happening that we just don't like um so would you say, would you say that um, the idea of you know a peaceful being at peace um, is um, a product of, of healing?
2: Well, it's actually it's, it is a product of healing, but it's also a, a, a way to heal in a sense. So, so, you know, the culture, the culture says fight this thing, right? You, you see it regarding mm-hmm. cancer diagnoses and other kinds of illnesses. We're going to fight this. We're going to fight this. Well, when we put up our dukes and we get into this stance of of a, a, a violence, really, you know, a violent pushback mm-hmm. against right. what we don't like, you know, that's, that's exactly what Gary was talking about, is that from that position we can't heal. We have to make peace with what is. We literally have to, to calm our nervous system and come to a stance of, of what the Buddhists say, equanimity, right? Where we really do, as Alicia said, disconnect or, or separate the fact of something, something we're having to deal with in our life. Separate that from our identity. It's not what I am. It's just something that I'm experiencing. totally. Different mindset, and that peace that I come to about it allows me great inner power to be able to then take conscious actions to uh, to take good care of myself, to strengthen my own well-being, and and all all of that.
0: Yeah, um, Lisa, in the book, um, you know, we, we kind of mentioned a l- little bit in this. Previous discussion talking about the power of the mind in in the book you talk about the power of the mind and the influence our our thoughts and feelings have um on our life so um we will we'll, we'll go start with elisa and then we'll go to Linda so Elisa, can you talk a little bit about um for you um when was it that you had that conscious awareness of that? of the influence of your thoughts and feelings. I mean, was it something – I mean, you know, you have your mom who's a minister, you know, so I'm sure that,
1: you know, you had – I was going to say, in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guidance. Uh, definitely, uh, I have been a, in a, a very aware child through adult. I, I've always been very present-minded, and I don't necessarily – Know if that came just because of of my mom and and unity being the right. the practice that we were in, but I feel like I've always sort of just naturally had that. Um, so what what's hard for me and and it, I you know it's the blessing is being being quite self aware while dealing with circumstances that are unpleasant. It's just. Not always a fun time <laughs> because so, I can easily yeah. okay, see so, myself. I can watch yeah. myself.
0: Okay, so that's that's the kind of I really want to kind of dig into it. just a little bit more. You know, the idea of being consciously aware of challenging situations, and so can you um, talk about uh, what were the thoughts that mm-hmm. helped you? Um. Uh, cope with it, or, or what were what were your thoughts that that helped guide you through that, and also did that? How did that um, affect your experience of the challenge?
1: Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, uh, because feelings are just indicators; they don't direct how things are going to go unless you give them that power. So, for me, it was. Me waking up, I'm not feeling great. I have pain in my body. Okay, so again, focus on what I can do. But the feeling in my body isn't going to go away. So what what do I have to change? Um, and what I what I did was I practiced a lot of mindfulness uh, through meditation, through just sitting quietly and asking myself, What do you need in this moment to change you know to change toward the positive. So for me it was usually the feeling of I can get something small accomplished now in my day and I could take the next five to ten minutes to do this and then it changed my outlook rather than saying I can't do anything in a day. I I'm in too much physical pain to take care of myself right now. So that's not true. That's not a true statement if you really break it down. There's always something you can do. So if it, was as, if it was as easy as getting up and putting a load of laundry in the washing machine, then I've done something for the day. I've done something that, that makes me feel like I, I'm in control because so often people that have these conditions don't have feel in control. It's not that they aren't in control. They don't feel like they have that control. So mm. this is whether, and I, I speak to people, I mean, I spent a lot of time in bed, as my mom will attest. <laughs> and so for people who are, who are bed bound, um, what can you bring to yourself into your environment to give you that positivity? Uh, we focus a lot on bringing nature in so that mindfulness practice, having water sounds, having the visual simulations stimula- of um, of the outside and bringing that into your environment, those are the things that switched it for me
0: yeah, mm-hmm. good, thank you and Linda, so you know from your you know perspective and the idea of you know the power of the mind, can you talk about you know what you have um, witnessed? Um, through your work, um, about the influence that thoughts and feelings have on our experience.
2: Yeah. I, I, they, the thoughts that we think are, are very often on automatic, right? There, there's an autopilot. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a whole... <laughs> host of continuous chatter mind chatter the buddhists call it monkey mind right it's just a chatterbox of of random thinking and we don't necessarily we don't necessarily feel are are conscious of those thoughts but those thoughts are thoughts that have been formed usually long ago that just are repetitive refrains of some of the themes of what we can and cannot do, what we what we like about ourselves, what we don't like about ourselves. I mean, just this this continuous chatter and they build. The more we think the same thoughts, they become belief systems, you know, and and those systems have been internalized from our culture, from our Fam, our first family our schools and churches and all the places we hung out when we were kids and all the things that grown-ups told us about ourselves uh, and they, they just they just get stronger because we build a whole book of evidence about them over time and so they are very hard to even recognize let alone to question them and change them so thoughts no doubt that our thoughts influence us, and especially the unconscious thoughts influence us. So one of our powers, we think of it as, as the pivotal power. And by pivotal, it means that I have the choice. I can shift my awareness from that unconscious stream of thinking that is generally focused on what's what's happening out here in my life, right? What my circumstances are, all the stuff that's going wrong, right? And I can turn consciously, shift my attention and start asking a different question, start thinking about, as Alicia said, what can I do? I'm so focused on what I cannot do, but what can I do? Or I, you know, I've been seeing myself as just this this broken body or this right this uh emotional mess or whatever i'm saying to myself about it and so i pivot my thoughts and say but what if that's not the whole of me what if what if i pay attention to um you know my sweetheart who who just ran a beautiful bath for me and lit a candle for me what if i focus on this delicious meal that my neighbor stopped by and gave me right those kinds of things what if i start looking at how much more there is to my life, what starts to happen is our brain chemistry begins to change by pivoting our awareness. That's what affirmations are for. They help us to pivot our awareness to where we really want to be in our mind and in our heart and in our experience. Right? So, it's not to deny what's happening. It's just to say there's something greater than this, more wonderful than this awful thing that I can <laughs> turn my mind yeah.
0: to. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, and I'm so glad that you you know, said that, um, that it's not a denial. I mean it is, you know, certain things do happen, but you know, I I'm a, a nature lover. I go I love I'm a photographer and I go out and there'll be many times that I'll be wrapped up in the beauty of what's going on and then all of a sudden that monkey mind is going to start chirping away. I mean it's like, you know, it's like what am I going to do afterwards? You know, what all of the things that I and and then I'll catch myself more than more often than not, but you know, but but it's like you know, mm-hmm. what are you doing? I mean, you, know, you here you are, you know, this beautiful spot. You know, you want to take some great pictures, <laughs> and so what are you thinking about? So, um, but but it's it seems yeah. that that's a, it's a I don't want to say it natural, but it just seems like a conditioned response or a conditioned way of of being that that maybe that we're kind of um, brought up on, you know that, that that society yes. shows us many times that that's, that's what you do.
1: Yes, yes that's and exactly that's, right. It is hmm Yeah, that's exactly why this isn't a one-and-done thing. That's why healing is a continual process because you you need those reminders to your life. This isn't about perfection, about just saying, I, I've healed and look at me now. <laughs> I'm great. Because that's not realistic. That's not authentic, yeah. right? That means you would have to go into right. hiding if something did ever happen that shifted you out of that because, <laughs> that, you know. So when you see yourself as whole with the conditions that are presented to you, nothing has to change. Nothing has to change about how you present yourself to the world. That is living authentically. It's freeing it's so healing. Yeah, it's much. such a healing
2: thing. You know, Robert, when you were describing that thought process standing, you know, being out in this beautiful setting and then having your mind just kind of go away the way I like to think about it is And this is, this goes back to a, a religious thought, but it's just the way I think about it is I, I tell myself, I've just kicked myself out of the kingdom <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and, and in religious circles, we say, well, well, our entry into that kingdom is is, God, you know, is because of the grace of God. No, but we, we kick ourselves out of that kingdom, and we're, that kingdom is our rightful place. In other words, that moment of bliss, that moment of genuine appreciation and, and peace uh, that we could have, you know, we kick ourselves out of that, but the good news is we can reenter. We can get right back in.
0: Yeah, and like like Alicia mentioned, the, the mindfulness aspect of it, you know, being you know in the present moment and being aware and conscious and, and deliberate. Um, well, we're, we're actually about halfway through, no more than halfway through the show. Um, so I want to take just a quick break. Um, it's only about 90 seconds, and I do want to invite listeners, if you would like to call in and ask Linda or Alicia any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And for those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to pose them there. Um, and then when we come back from break, um, I want to kind of move the next, the, the next logical frame was, you know, the influence of thoughts and feelings to the idea of the impact of intentional um, action. So I kind of want to
1: mm-hmm.
0: talk about that, okay?
1: Sure. Great.
0: Okay, okay everyone, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than fourteen hundred shows, We have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide. Books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart Radio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My special guests are co-authors Linda martella Whitsett and Alicia Whitsett, and we're talking about their new book, This Life is Yours, Discover Your Power, Claim Your Wholeness, and Heal Your Life. Um, Again, you can find out more um, about Linda by visiting the website www.ur-divine.com, and that's the letters U, R, and then hyphen-divine.com. Okay, we're back, Linda and Elisa. All right. Great. Okay. So um, we were talking about the influence of thoughts and feelings. Now, um, earlier in the show, we talked about action. Like, you know, Alisa, you talked about you know even if it was getting up and you know doing the laundry or whatever when when you felt that you really didn't want to do. Even that, so can you talk about um, the idea of intentional action? what how does that differ from just plain action and, and you know what what is the benefit of that?
1: Sure, so in this book we we laid out uh, what we call them spiritual practices, but we have have tools uh, for people to rely on when they're going through this, when they're trying to, to really understand what, what they need to process within themselves to get to that place where they're healing their thoughts, right? So the intentional action, it all goes back to that mindfulness, staying in the present moment, but what can I do to contribute to the quality of my mind? To the thoughts that are coming in there so that intentional action it's pretty powerful because it seems kind of counterintuitive doesn't it to to um have an action or have to have to have an action to do when you're in the act of healing itself but um i would say staying open to to trying new things is what the intention is, what the what the intentional practice is. So we have an A to Z, which is pretty handy. There's so many different things that you can do. And I like to say you don't have to do them in order. You don't have to do all of them. But choose a few that really speak to your heart. So one for me, I'll just give an example, would be practicing gratitude. Because, again, that feels counterintuitive. <laughs> To, to be grateful for what's going on with you, right? Um, but again, to just be an appreciation of of what else is happening, and so getting a gratitude journal, writing it down daily, or thanking somebody, thanking that that spouse or that neighbor who is helping you, to support you, just being grateful for what's going on will change. It, it just changes everything in your, in your body. I can't explain it. I've done this, so I know how it feels. <laughs> but it is hard to explain <laughs> into words what, what really switches.
2: Well, it's, it's really your, your physical chemistry. You know, your body's chemistry actually changes. I mean, we propose it takes just 15 minutes every single day. Fifteen minutes mm-hmm. of any of these practices, team basis, every single day, will interrupt. I mean, that's what you, what was really happening, right? For you, Alicia, it interrupts yes. your um, cycle of pain. It certainly interrupts your your cycle of emotionality or um, repetitive negative thinking, right? It interrupts that, and okay. it starts injecting all kinds of feel good chemicals into your system which, of course, is immediately healing and calming and helps to, um, to change the way you see yourself. But that's why you do it repeatedly. That's why it's called practice. You do it a little bit every single day. You don't have to do everything. Um, but one thing that you do that's the intentional, that is for the purpose of really being present to uh, the truth about yourself that you're that you're whole you're not broken right or or to be just to be like alicia said either in nature or bring nature to you uh, there's just a uh, as she said, a whole alphabet of possible practices that we propose, but benefits are are promised they're promised yeah if you just do it if you just do it
0: yeah yeah, the one thing that that I got from reading that is, is, you know, the idea of looking at intentional as being um, actions directed toward that positive, uplifting state versus something you have to do. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like you're, yeah, you're, it's some actions to. you take, it's like, oh, I got to do it, you know. But it, but it's like how you do it and and. and how you feel when you do it? What What's the um, What's the end result? You know, going to be so to me. It seemed you know, to me it opened up the idea of of intentional being intentional action being more than just strictly um, problem solving. You know, or you know that kind of thing. That that there was mm-hmm. a uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh. an
0: uplifting aspect to it.
2: Yes, I intend for this to be, you know, uh, a, a, an open-hearted time for me. I intend, uh, you know, to, um, to be fully, holy in this practice. You know, put my whole self in there and be fully present. I mean, most of us don't practice present being so present in our life, you know, and this is an opportunity to do that. And, and, and anyone can really do 15 minutes, even if you're, as Alicia said, even if you're in bed. You can do 15 minutes of something because these practices are very uh, achievable by by almost everyone.
0: Yeah, I agree. Now, one of the, the wonderful parts of your book is the fact that you have affirmations throughout the book. And um, so I've kind of gone back and forth <laughs> on affirmations, you know, as far as um, – um, Trying to phrase them in a way that my subconscious (laughs) doesn't say, like, who the heck are you talking about? What are you talking about? That's not going (laughs) on, you know? Uh, You know, it's like, you know, oh, I am so energetic, you know, when when I'm dragging, you know? Um, So. Mm -hmm, One of the affirmations you had in your book, um, and, and Alicia, you uh, thankfully you gratefully uh, said that you would read it. it, was the affirmation for zeal. So tell us, first of all, tell us about this. I'm not sure who contributed it, but can you tell us about the affirmation, and then would you, uh, Alicia, read it for us?
2: Okay, so I wrote the affirmation. This is Linda. Uh, we, we write about... There, there's a whole chapter in here that describes twelve particular kinds of power, and uh, these come from our unity discipline. And zeal is one of them. And the aspects of zeal that uh, the aspects that are natural to zeal are enthusiasm, audacity—that means boldness—and and devotion. And that's not devotion to a person or to a deity, but. To devote yourself to dot 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 right, so those three aspects um, are what we incorporate into each of these affirmations. Now, in our in our teaching, an affirmation is so has some distinguished uh, distinguishing markers compared to so much of what you hear in affirmation. And you sort of alluded to it a little bit more because you know so many teachers will say you know to just write about write about where you want to be as if it 's already there, right, so you 're saying to yourself when you 're feeling low energy i 'm energetic uh, and my, and our thoughts are how does your bo- do you really believe it no. you know, is that really an accessible affirmation? It might ultimately be the truth, you know it might be the truth with the capital T, but is it believable to you right here and now? And if it's not, if I'm gonna argue against it, if I'm in the bed and I'm sneezing and, and and feverish and you know, chills and all that and I'm saying, I am whole and well, I am whole and well, I don't believe it for a minute. My body does not believe right. that. But I but I can right. affirm that even right now my body's cells and systems are at work just as they always have been They're doing their job They are full of life I am brimming with life You see so I, I tell myself what's actually true Not what I wish I could believe Could be true Okay that's yeah. the distinction For affirmations for us Perfect yes.
0: Great So, so, so Alicia <laughs> would, you, would you mind reading that for us
1: Sure This is the affirmation for zeal Enthusiasm is natural to me. It is not always to others. It doesn't require me to act like a teenager. Sometimes it is a flicker that builds into a fire, a fire in the belly. I claim divine audacity, my bold spiritual nature, by which I am daring and fully visible. I am devoted to being good to myself, good to others, and good to the world around me. My presence matters. I do not shy away. I show up. I am zeal. I,
0: like, I like that one. You know, you know and you see, to me, it, um, it really um, it, it tells, it can, you, no matter what your state of being, it, can, it reflects what the truth is, to me it seems.
2: Yeah. That's the point of an affirmation. And, you know, if you really read each of these lines in this affirmation, none of this is magical thinking. You know what I mean? It's not just kicking us out right. of where we are now, but we
1: are literally
2: claiming that we have this potential in us, that we have, you know, that we have it. And, and you know, so, so it's, it's a believable um, truth about ourselves.
0: Right yeah you know and it seems to me that it's um it, you know it, it's stating the truth and it's you know' it, it's believable but it's it's that ongoing process you know that that is, that we're we're living each day that um that comes out so that uh um you know it it's not focused on the end results you know being very you know super mm-hmm. energetic or that giddy t- teenager you know kind of thing um but it's a, a, a kind of like a slow and steady balance, balanced approach, it seems to me.
1: Yes. And what I think is really going to be helpful to people that are, are either just learning about affirmations or learning about it in this sense about, you know, our affirmations. Um, this chapter specifically that, that this affirmation was in there are stories that accompany each of these affirmations. So when you read the stories, and these are stories of of real people, they're not necessarily happy, great, affirming stories, right? They're real conditions, real things happening. And so when you read that story and then read the affirmation, you can start to make that connection of, how do I change the language? How do, I, how do I make this truthful for me?
3: Hello, everyone. Unfortunately, we had a technical issue, which ended our show early with Linda and Alicia. Uh, my apologies to both of them for this technical issue. But I do want to thank them for their time and talking about their book, This Life is Yours, Discover Your Power. Claim your wholeness and heal your life. And again, their book is available from Amazon.com. And you can find out more about Linda Martella Whitsett by visiting her website, which is www.ur-divine.com. And that's www. the letters u-r-divine.com. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again...
0: Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Byte Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.